Lovely people, and welcome to yet another episode of Quintessentially Queer. I am your host, George Rallis, and today we have the pleasure to have with us today... My favorite sisters, Michael Hirtzen and Hannah Fersberg. Hey, bitches. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the studio. Thank, Thank you, you for, having. for having us. Yes. Oh, my God. This is my first three-way, by the way. Just saying. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. Very honored. <laughs> <laughs> Be gentle. It's my first time. So, since these bitches are in the studio, there's no more appropriate group of people than us three to talk about a fashion bitch. And in case you've been living under a rock, that song was by Lady Gaga, called Fashion. So, the stereotype of the highly feminine and oversaturated gay man, right, is beyond appropriation at this point. It borderlines on normalization, actually, with shows like Queer Eye and RuPaul's Drag Race dominating the fucking mainstream. However, if we go beyond normalization, what queer individuals encapsulate within the political dimension of sexuality is more so a conscious opposition to what is expected of them. The notion of being camp implies a highly feminized way of carrying oneself, both on the surface, but also intrinsically within the community itself. It provides a sense of identification and of belonging, which has as its premise the reversal of both expected behavior and accept- acceptable appearance. One of our greatest problems is that we're cut adrift for most of the time in a world drenched in straightness. All the images and language of society express and confirm the rightness of heterosexuality and the impossibility of drifting away from the social contracts clauses, whether that is denouncing the holy grail of masculinity or the holy ovaries of femininity. Camp thus is the notion which expresses and affirms being fucking queer. As a notion, it goes beyond mere appearance and self-presentation, as the appearance itself hides within the notion of self-defense, actually. The fact that queer men, for example, could so sharply and brightly make fun of themselves meant that the real awfulness of their social situation could be postponed, even if it's just through humor. Reading comes from a place of love. And reading, um, as said in Paris is Burning, is not me telling you that you busted. 
is me reminding you that you already know that you're busted. Camping about thus is a way of being human, being witty, and vital without conforming to the drabness and rigidity of the hetero male role. Having within it a sense of visual overabundance, both in behavior while also in appearance, camp implies an awareness of cultural production, which is more oriented to the affective, sensuous, and experimental dimension of what is human. It uses loud colors, louder behaviors, and even louder opinions to make queer visibility a notion of political fucking substantiality. Hence, there is a huge weight of importance placed upon appearance, since appearance in itself is both a way of sustaining the queer community, while also reappropriating the struggles and difficulties the community has endured until its own legitimacy. Queer individuals had to be good at disguise and at appearing to be one with the crowd. They had to master the facade of whatever social setup they found themselves in, in order to hide the fact that they have declined the holy grail of normativity. Hence, the development of a deep appreciation of appearances, forms, and style would evidently be inevitable. Respectively thus, when developing queer culture, such a habit of style should have remained dominant as to show not only the process of disguise queer individuals had to undergo, but also the skill required within a beautifully curated idea to be executed. In this way, what is verified is this exact notion which my daddy Heidegger was talking about at the time, homeliness, or more so being homely within the unhomely. Queer individuals, by using forms of art, like fashion and other stereotypically gay aesthetic, and through an encounter with a foreign, heterosexually constructed stereotype which was marginalizing them, have reimagined the homely, which they originally didn't belong to, as within the unhomely. It's like, bitch, you call me gay, let me show you gay. As Heidegger argued thus, the human being is not the adventurer who remains homeless on account of his lack of rootedness. An adventurer bitch is someone who, in accordance with his, her, or their rootlessness, dives within foreign worlds to find their own and, through creativity, continue becoming within those worlds as queer. So, the music selection for this episode would be what I would put if I ever had a fashion show, let's say. If I was ever a designer, I would use this fucking, like, soundtrack, let's say. So, first we went to Mother. Now let's go to Mash, as style is the answer, bitch.
can of sardines from Vietnam. So that was Stylist Dancer by Mash. Uh, so Michael and Hannah, my first threesome. Welcome to Quintessentially Queer. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So um, I don't even know how to start this like dual um, conversation, but let's start with how are you? <laughs> good. Very yes? good. I'm good as well. Yes. Sorry for keep you waiting, for keeping you waiting. Uh, you know, a queen is never late. It's just everyone else that's early. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, I was like a bit too early like that. Anyway, whatever. No, I wasn't. Let's be honest. So I'm trying to fool. Uh, how have you guys been holding up uh, so far? Uh, what's it like uh, being in Amsterdam for you during this period? Um, it's been quite stressful since I'm graduating now from uh, the Amsterdam Fashion Institute. So That's in great. three weeks, I'm a graduate fashion brander. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, really. So um, yeah, the pressure is on, but uh, I'm getting there. Yeah. But yeah. you weren't really going to class, were you? I mean, um, real life class, let's say. No, it was all digital. And at some point mm. we had like a couple of physical classes mm -hmm. and more consultations. But um, yeah, it's been good so far. Yeah, I'm really happy how it turned out. What about you, baby? Um, well, yeah, it's been, I mean, I, I think it's been as good as it can be um, with this whole lockdown. Now I feel yeah. it's we're approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, all digital classes and um, it's it's been okay, you know. But, yeah. Uh, pretty much just hanging out with as many friends and trying to get through it as well as possible. Very that right. Mm. And I mean, especially now with the curfew, oof, girl, that was intense. Oof. Yeah. That was fucking intense. Really. But um, Hannah, introduce yourself a little bit. What do you do? When did you move to Amsterdam? Uh, do you study? Do you work parallel? Like, what's the tick, Christine? Um, yeah, so I'm Hannah. I am 25 from Stockholm, Sweden, uh, the most beige country on earth, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all in line with what we're doing in this podcast. Nope. <laughs> um, I am a student unemployed. Um, I used to work in fashion, uh, which is uh, why I... Uh, which is why, okay, fuck, we have to cut that. Um, <laughs> I used to work in fashion, um, and then I went on to become a journalist for a while. Mm -hmm. um, quit my job to move to Amsterdam to become unemployed and poor <laughs> in 2019. Yes, <laughs> and uh, during lockdown, uh, of course, started to DJ and do music. So I guess that I am destined to be poor for the rest of my life now, <laughs> but creative nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations <laughs> on that trajectory, baby. <laughs> Thank <Fuck> you. Yes. <laughs> and you, Michael, what's the tea? What are you studying? You're at Amfi, as you said already. What do you do exactly? Um, I study fashion and branding. So what I do is uh, I develop concepts and I am also a re uh, doing more research about rebranding and trends and zeitgeist. And um, yeah, I do predictions and then I can... Um, Proposed to uh, brands that will have a, like a different approach to the target group, mm -hmm. so it's very conceptual and very development. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. nice! So yeah, it's kind of like you're nice. deciphering the tools for the future. Yes, exactly. Oh my god, everything is branded. Um, book me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you also work for Numero right now, no? Yes, exactly. I did my internship there for my uh, for Amfi. I did my internship uh -huh. there. So um, my internship profile was actually marketing and communication. So my daily task was actually 
be approaching the PR agencies mm. and say what's coming, what's coming for the new issue, what the concepts are, and have to check the new co- collections that we yeah. have to showcase in a magazine. Um, yeah, and since we're a commercial magazine, Numero, the Numero of the Netherlands, mm-hmm. uh, we're working with advertisers and we're working with some specific brands, so we need to future these all the time in editorials. And uh, yeah, and lately I'm more into styling and shoots. Ooh, nice. Yes. Yeah, we did one together for a Scura. That was so much fun. Yes, it was amazing. It was super fun uh, with like Alex. Oh, bitch, she's gorgeous. Anywho, <laughs> um, but super nice to hear actually this whole like branding situation is like, it's so fucking weird for me to be quite honest because I was doing this like uh, internship in Athens and I was doing the social media curation and uh, uploads and stuff. And I used to hate Instagram. I really was not a social media bitch at all. I was a Tumblr queen through and through and still yeah, am. Represent. Baby, if you were not pastel goth back then, are you even queer now? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Very bad. But like in terms of like all that shit, I never really got into Instagram or all that in Cyprus. Yeah, of course I was uploading stuff uh, that I shot or whatever because I was doing fashion photography for a little bit as well. But um, I never really thought of myself, let's say, as a brand. And then when I first moved to Amsterdam and I was talking to friends, Nikki, you even, like, uh, in the beginning, when I was kind of like, oh, my God, yeah, and this thing that I wrote, blah, blah, blah. like, oh, my God, George, that's so nice. Are you a writer? I'm like, I, I, I guess I am. <laughs> or kind of like when I was like, yeah, I was organizing this party, like, oh, so you're an event organizer. I was like, I, I, I think so. Am I? Yeah. Am I? <laughs> so that's the thing, like, I never really thought of myself as outside of myself in these terms of uh, having, let's say, a brand. But having a brand is actually quite important. And now, especially with these things of like RuPaul's Drag Race, let's say, is, um, listen, I'm very proud and very happy of the fact that I am alive when all of this is happening, right? Uh, Sorry, but it is monumental. We have like queer lives and trans lives and gay lives being in the forefront winning fucking Emmys for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? However, is there's this like cultural dogmatization over it where suddenly someone uh, puts on like, I don't know, white contact lessons. Oh my God, you're like serving sharp needles, you know? Or you're wearing like a Mugler suit. Oh, detox, yes. And also, honestly though, if I see another fucking drag queen in a Mugler suit and the like uh, creepy yehad like harnesses, like I'm gonna bathe in acid, like not the good kind. <laughs> yeah, now we've done that. Isn't it about like an abundance of expression? This yes. is just, yeah. It's just for Mulek. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Mugler is like the eternal reference. Mm. Like Mugler and Galliano by for Dior, like really just yeah. keep keeps on giving. But kinda like let's find a new way to do it. And the reason that Detox was like, yes, bitch, is exactly because she branded it according to this like oversaturated sexuality and unapologeticness of wearing a Mugler suit, but then wearing like a Lufa type of 3D um, wig on top that's like fluorescent orange or some shit, you know? So, love all that. But, listen, before we get really into the interview, let's go to another song for now because I divided them a little bit in terms of, um, how can I say this? Genres, I guess. So, if I would do electronic, this the first one would be like Stelis Dancer, and if I would Google it just a little bit more like, it would be Personal Slave by Honey Dijon. So let's get into it. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? Thank you. 
So that was Personal Slave by Honey Dijon. So, bitches, I know both of you quite well. You're one of my closest friends in Amsterdam. Two of my closest friends in Amsterdam. Um, but actually, how we met with each one of you individually is quite, I don't know, partly based on fashion too. So, uh, okay, I'm going to start with Michael first. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> Because with Honey, it was a little bit smoother, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I met Michael firstly in shelter right yes, and we had the party. same nails we exactly. had the same bag you know what i mean <laughs> true story and, and i was like yeah sister work yes. and in the beginning i was like mm-hmm because she made some questionable choices in her life at that point and i judged <laughs> her for it so i didn't know what to expect like i usually draw my assumptions but always give the other person the space of Like, the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. like, let's see what this bitch is about. Yeah. But we hit it off, actually, at yeah. Shelter. And it was super cute. And um, then I followed you on Instagram, I True. think. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But you had a private account. So I was like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like private accounts that don't follow me all of a sudden. Like, and it, no. didn't say, it didn't say your name. No. So I was like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna follow this one person. <laughs> <laughs> like my picture is like me in full face of makeup, like black and white. So anyway, whatever. Yeah. So I I replied to your story, I think, twice or some shit. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this bitch didn't follow me back. <laughs> is it was she like, that shady? Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> we're having such a nice time. You know what I mean? Like I was rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that was that. Then Julius. And uh, shout out to Julius. Hey, Aww. Daddy. Aww. We love him. Straight Me husband too. number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Julius texted me one day that we were going to go to this after party close to my house. If he can come over with Michael. And I was like, oh, her. <laughs> That girl. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Bring her over. I'm okay with it. You know? Yeah. And actually, that was when I... Was it? No. When was it? Yeah, that's when I was like in the beginning of my boyfriend at the time, our relationship. And I'm like, Tim, okay, bitch, now you're going to see how I deal with shady bitches. Because I told him that I'm a direct bitch and kind of like, don't, don't, don't do that to me. Because yeah. like, I will, I will bring it up. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michael came over and he was like, Hey baby, hey, like, mwah, 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 oh cute. It's like, oh, I have a headache, but I also need to do my makeup, but I also like want to have a drink. I'm also hungry. I want to shower. And she was just basically an indecisive Gemini bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very mean. <laughs> Two face as well. <laughs> That's your brand. That's your. <laughs> That's my brand. <laughs> so uh, you didn't know what to do, and I was kind of like, okay, Michael. So. You eat now, then you take the paracetamol. You go shower after the paracetamol. You come outside, you have a drink, you drink your drink while I'm doing your makeup. Yeah? You're like, yeah. So you, I was telling him what to do and like he was doing that. Oh, she's a mom. Yeah. She is and the then mom. this like mommy-daughter relationship formed. But halfway while doing her makeup, I was doing his makeup and it was kind of like, so, Michael, <laughs> what's your story? Are you that bitch? 
And he's like, what do you mean? And I was yeah. like, well, I followed you on Instagram and you didn't follow me back or reply to my story reply. So what's up? What's the secrecy? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, you're private and you don't have your name or your picture. So I didn't know who you were. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. And I was like, oh my God, that's so shady. Oh my God, that you even good for me. Like, oh, oh my God, just being so nice by me not following you or ignoring you. And since then... Yeah, she yeah she I'm, was she was there and she's still here. Of course, baby. Yeah. and I'm going nowhere. I'm your mom, bitch. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, no, you know what? It's funny that like at this point relationships do go like that, yeah. but they do. Love it or hate it. I deleted my Instagram for a month, and oh my god, when I reopened it, like I had so many text messages. Well, okay, you not really because we have WhatsApp. Like we would see each other regardless because you're we're like friends, friends. You know what I mean? But, like, there were a lot of people, for example, that if I do delete Instagram, I'm probably never really going to talk to them again. No. You know? Yeah, yeah. And because also, you know, you, beyond the branding situation, you know what I'm saying? You do express your whatever it is. Your vision, actually. Your vision, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, what you're going through. Whether it's that's by showing your ass and that you're having a great time and have a great ass parallel to that. Yeah. Or whether it's, like, you know, bitching about, like, cis-gendered uh, men. Harassing you on the fucking train, <laughs> you know? But sometimes yeah. it can be only that. It's a very one, it can be a very one-dimensional thing that, yeah, as you say, then, oh, if I would delete it, it's true. It's 75% of the people I have on there, I probably would not, never talk to again. I, to be quite honest, though, I don't follow those people anymore. And if I was, I unfollowed you most likely. And you know who you are. No, just, <laughs> no exactly. <laughs> Calling you out now. Yeah, bitch. But no, honestly, though, I tried really hard to like and follow every like like basic bitch Instagram that I had, kind of like the super musky six pack dudes that you follow, horny, coming down from whatever late at night uh, in the morning. You know, you're like, oh my god, hot. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah. three syllable words might probably not be the forte. You know, <laughs> that was bitchy. But speaking of bitchy. I was, I thought, mm, I was a little bit bitchy to you as well when Were we first you? met. I don't know. Was no, I not? I don't think so. I, I felt like I was. Oh, no. Okay. Good I think to I know. just embraced everything. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I met Hannah at, um, it was actually my first ever proper after party in the Netherlands. Mine too. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Bonding. Yeah. And it's so funny that we're, we actually everyone from that after party we're still friends with. Yeah. Um, but um, it was after the His Dark Elements party that I was performing. So I had a full face of makeup, black and white, like intense shit for like nine hours. So bitch, my face was caked. <laughs> I performed four times that night. I changed like five, six looks or some shit. Like I wore heels, I wore wigs, I wore head caps. I wore, just name it. I, I, pu I put it on. So by the time I went to the after party, I was like, get me the fuck out of this shit. <laughs> I literally like, everyone's like, oh my God, yay, party. They're just like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't even think about touching me. I just need to shower right now. So I was very like, I felt like I was standoffish and couldn't correct me if I'm wrong. But all I could think about is the fact that I just want to remove the makeup. Then as soon as I did the face wash, I was like, yay, people, <laughs> hello, everyone, I'm back. And it was like, oh, wow, you look different. I'm like, yup, I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, bitch. <laughs> I'm a psychological woman, not a biological one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was funny because you came, we, we'd all been, I think we came there before you, um, or most of us anyway, and we were sat there on the floor and we had our little drinks and we had our little conversation. Then you were, I heard, dunk, 
dunk, dunk <laughs> up the stairs and you come there with like a 20 kilo uh, bag with the shit. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is, that is exactly <laughs> true, actually. I came with Barry yeah. Yeah, on the fucking Uber. Like. But I remember clicking with everyone. But there was something about you. Because in the beginning, like, don't get me wrong, no, no offense, to, I'm, I'm not trying to be shady, but in general, I try not to pay attention to people. I just go with, like, my intuition, whoever I gravitate yeah. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that moment, I knew Ilya better, and Betty invited me to his house, so I was kind of, like, there, anyway. But then, like, I watched you, and I was like, this bitch seems quiet, and she seems normal, but she has <laughs> super cool tattoos that are mostly kind yeah. of covered, but not really, because they're in, like, weird places. They're not, like... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. a chest piece or like a neck piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, what's her story? Okay. So we we hit it off. We clicked. We we're talking about random shit. And then we went to fashion. Yeah, exactly. Literally. I think I remember exactly the point where... I don't remember how we got into it, but we 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 landed in uh, Balenciaga Fashion Winter 06. And I was yes. like, okay, yes, then exactly. I knew this is for life, bitch. Fuck yes, baby. Exactly <laughs> that. Like literally though... Um, it was, uh, was it? I think we started off in my Dior bag or what? Yeah, bag probably. I was oh yeah, true. You right? had the yeah, you had the the saddle bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then we started off talking about branding and about this kind of like bullshit of buying these like mm. trendy bags and how they're worth it if they're not blah blah blah. And then essentially getting to like the fact that we like the exact same collection. Yeah. Like I don't even like. <laughs> I love you, Michael, like I really do, but with her, it's like different level because we like the exact same designers in yeah. the exact same years. Yeah. I feel like our fashion maturity picked up the same moment. Yeah, I somehow. think so too. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the 2006 to 2010 mm. curve, let's say. But Hannah, how are you led to fashion? Do you have any stories maybe of being younger, or some specific landmarks that formed your response at large or? Mm, I was, um, I think I got to that point uh, when I started, maybe I, I, I was, an, I was a, a tiny emo kid. Um, mm -hmm. So I think at like 11, 12 was when I cut off all of my hair and I um, started buying only only dark clothes, um, and after that, I think I had six months of everything where I went through every like every type of fashion thing in mm -hmm. cycles um, until I settled on actually working in fashion. I dropped mm -hmm. out of law school when I was eighteen. I six months in, I dropped out and mm -hmm. I got a job as a photo assistant um, to an e-commerce project that. The only we we have one high high fashion store in Stockholm, mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I got I lucked in and I um, I basically did coffee runs for for six months for the for the fo for the fo photographer. Mm -hmm. Fashion, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, you yeah. know you you get one foot in and then it doesn't you, you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, exactly. And if you're lucky, you go from there. Um, yeah. But yeah, then. There's a lot of turnover in fashion too, one mm. should know. Um, so after after a while, I just, I got the opportunity to to rise through the ranks, um, do a lot more with the e-com thing. And it ended with me being an assistant buyer um, and e-commerce manager after like two, three years. Um, so I went on buying trips to Paris and to Milan and to London, and then got the opportunity to style it and sell it and 
I think that's really where it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't so much being like a, a tiny kid who read Vogue. I didn't really do that. It mm. was when I got up to 20 or something that I really realized that fashion could be that much of an expression mm-hmm. or that like a tool for for finding yourself yes. in the sense that it can be. And it actually started with high fashion, with working with it. Yes, 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 100%. Super cool. What about you, Michael? How are you led to fashion? So basically, I was grew up uh, on the countryside with mm-hmm. uh, two horses, dogs, and a parrot. That's a sitcom right there. Yeah, you know? very, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very me. And um, yeah, when I was 15, I was uh, discovered uh, by an agency. Uh-huh. At 15. Uh, no, I was actually 14, but I was about to become 15. Mm-hmm. And then they told me I was too young. Uh, and they found me on this platform. It's called Hives. It was this uh, social media platform, okay. this Dutch mm-hmm. social media platform. And um, yeah, they uh, they asked me if I want to come by by the agency, and since then I was doing modeling uh, till till my twentieth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Work, was, bitch. Yes, yeah. So I'm quite. I literally started as a baby in the industry, and um, yeah, it really helped me that I was exposed to this kind of industry so young, which makes me so much stronger, so much more aware of what I'm producing now and developing, mm-hmm. and uh, also target group wise, I know exactly on the set what to say to the models. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I was pretty young. Yeah, I was a kid. I, I modeled for one of your projects as well. <laughs> which yes. was, uh, it was like so funny because there were these like latex gloves, mm-hmm. and um, oh, fuck, what was the girl's name? Not Lisa Lot. Um, Cinta. Uh, Cinta, bravo, yes. Yeah. And she was putting me in the gloves, and she's like, "Oh my god, your arms are so skinny." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank, thank you thank so you. much." What do you mean? <laughs> I should be doing modeling. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like lettuce leaves for breakfast, and I just dip them in diet coke. That's all I. Eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. actually, to be honest, for me, I was that kid that you were saying, Hannah, mm. that grew up reading Vogue. To be quite honest, mm. well, not Vogue per se. But it's called Omicron. It's this like uh, magazine in Cyprus, anyway. That's like it's super cutting edge for Cypress standards again. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't necessarily find myself in what was going on outside of me or any sort of representative in the Greek culture at large. So I had to kind of like create my own. And I remember it started off with e-entertainment, lol, of all places. And they were having these like um, style specials type of thing uh, and the World Fashion Channel that they just kind of have, like, rotating, like, runways. So when we had the cable, uh, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? I need this in my life. I need the luxury, the glamour, you know? So then when I found magazines, I was like, holy shit. I still remember this photographer. What was his name? Dimitris Vatis. And I was, like, looking at his, like, photographs, and I could see a story. Somehow my own fantasies were, like, Represented, you know what I mean? I'll never forget this one editorial that he did. Because I was also an emo kid. I grew up with rock and metal, like yeah. fat, weird, uh, you know what I mean? A fucking stoner. So I was kind of like literally the odd one out. Um, but I remember this one story of this uh, random enchanted girl that was like innocent being lost in the forest. It was like Alice in Wonderland, but like dark, mm. emo. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, yes. That is me in my head, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, yeah. But this type of, like, darkness... Oh, I, hate, I hate to say these like terms like darkness or whatever. But this is more like goth aesthetic. This yeah. is more like punk aesthetic. Still affects me till now. You just see me right now, I'm literally wearing, like, a cut-off fucking shirt that's cropped up with, like, a black thong and just, like, washed-out denim. <laughs> and a mohawk, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I guess it's like for me, it's somewhere between like Emmanuel Kant and Kim Kardashian. Like yeah. that's the vibe, <laughs> you know what I mean? But punk. But um, how would you describe your style if you would, Michael? Is there a process you follow when you're putting together a look because you do styling as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as as a personal style as well, I'm just talking like in general your stylistic approach to fashion. Let's say, mm-hmm. how would you describe so, it? So for me, it literally started when I started doing modeling. So it was when I was 15. So mm-hmm. I was always the outcast when I was at school, and I was gay, and I was super skinny. Um, so I started with like a lot of colors and color blocking when I was 15, and. Uh, I was literally the crazy one in town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the girl, so, the village. Exactly. <laughs> same, same exactly, girl. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And I literally kind of really uh, recognize what you're telling. I uh, found my tribe in there, and they were all metal hats. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were smoking some weed, and you know, we were doing some bad stuff in there because <laughs> we were so bored, and everyone, and we also thought that everyone hated us. So we were like, oh, fuck the world, and you know, fuck yes, yeah, really rebellious. So for me. Back then, punk was a really punk and goth was really a big influence in my uh, fashion, and I still see that you know mm-hmm. in my in my daily wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And my, in my styling a little bit as well. So there's still a lot of experimentation, and still of like doing yourself, cutting a shirt. We're still cutting stuff during a shoot, for example, mm-hmm. to make it new. You know, because mm-hmm. the moment I haven't seen it, that's the moment that's going to be interesting for yes, the viewer. Exactly, very that, and that's kind of like the mark. Of like a really good fuck designer, you know what I mean? When they take something very simple, but then they just turn it on their head and you just see something completely new or like yeah. a completely different outtake on it. Exactly. exactly. What about you, Hannah? How would you describe your style? Um, I've always flitted like very. I think the reason I wasn't into fashion when I was younger is that my mom was bless her heart, but if, for her clothing is purely functional. Like it has yeah. no stylistic value. So I was always brought up with. You know, you can't have cl- no new clothes. Always just reuse what you can get from from relatives or the like. And mm. it was when I grew older that I realized clothing doesn't just have a functional value. It also has. It can also represent something else. Mm-hmm. So I've I've gone very much in between. When I started working in fashion, I started experimenting more with you know with silhouettes and with other materials than just. Something that isn't appropriate. I mean, you can't wear a silk dress in in a Swedish forest. You need rub- big rubber <laughs> boots and, and and raw denim for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's I don't really know how to describe it. Now it's very much. I love big silhouettes. I love playing with silhouettes and with materials. Now I'm wearing a silk shirt under a um, a polo and large pants and then uh, 80s um, shoes. So. Yeah, I think, I think it's 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 more about that. It's less about like if I I if I have like inspiration from this or that, or it's mm-hmm. materials for me and silhouettes and the uh, and the art the artsy element to it. I think. Fuck yeah, I don't know. I always listen. I hate the word aesthetics, right? Because uh, even Greek, the Greek origin of the word like aesthesis means feeling. So evidently, you're feeling what you're doing. Because if you're not feeling, then you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. But for a lack of a better word at the moment, uh, I always think of like my aesthetic is if um, Emma is was that an Emily from the Devil Wears Prada, right? Yeah. Was working at Vogue, and uh, she went to a rave, did a bunch of ketamine or some shit, 
Then after that, went to go buy something to eat at a bakery at like nine in the morning while the mascara is running off, and someone catches like a glimpse of her there. That's my aesthetic. Yes. Basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, a fashion yeah. bitch on the come down, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, what you said about silhouette is actually so funny because uh, usually I have this with like most of my girlfriends whenever like I wear their clothes, like, oh my God, it just looks so much better than you. Which it does in bracket, in brackets, of course, because like feminine clothes are literally constructed for fucking stick figures. Yep. You know what I mean? Which is like crazy because girls have boobs, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and curves. Ass and yeah. curves, yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah. So like whenever I wear like a crop top, it falls perfectly because I have no boobs and I am like just, I'm slim. You know yeah, that Ellery top though that you had at my place last weekend, for example, it looks fucking great on you, but <laughs> I can't wear it because if I if I pull my arms up, my tits fall out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it could be a show, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, you know? If it was intentionally that, sure. Uh, I stole. Oh, I, I mean, whatever, mom. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I stole my mom's Versace skirt. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. And like my mom's, my mom has a big ass. You know what I mean? So kind of like. It doesn't really s- fall straight on her, and like on me, it looks perfect when I'm skinny right now. Sorry, I had too much New York pizza going on <laughs> last month with my futures. But um, that's not cool. You know no. what I mean? Because real silhouettes is not necessarily like model silhouettes. And I hate the fact that, fuck, what's her name? Ashley Graham? Yeah. Yeah, she's considered plus size. Yeah. She's like a size 12. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a normal size. Yeah, right? It should be it anyway, is. but in the eyes of fashion, it's not. It's I not normal. Know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just ignoring right now. She's a size 16, but even 16 is not like plus size. What is plus size? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Plus in terms of what? Exactly. So you have size and then you add to it. Like, no, you're still normalizing this like... You know what I'm saying? Like dictation of like body power play in politics. Yeah. yeah, or maybe more plus compared to the sample size. That's more the plus. Yeah, so. but that's yeah. still wrong. And the sample size is yeah. still zero or a two or yeah. something. Which it is, is like, what yeah. the French 34. And you're like, okay, but who the fuck can even wear a French 34? Yeah. <laughs> and in the industry, it's considered as normal. Yeah. 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 That size for a model. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking intense. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing, like for uh, someone who has always loved let's say feminine clothes more than masculine clothes i'd always wear the masculine clothes then they wouldn't look good on me to be honest because i have um i don't want to say female figure but i mean i have hips you know what i'm saying and i have a, a smaller waist than my hips so it's a bit of like an hourglass for a man you know what i mean yeah. so then like the male clothing i would either have to wear like low-waisted and then just make my ass look so drubby and like just wrong <laughs> you know what i mean and then like the feminine clothes i can't wear because i'm a dude you know what i'm saying like exactly. that's fucked up yeah but that's most so like high street right that i'm talking about now but let's go into another song before we get into more detail right let's go to waiting room by fugazi
So that was Waiting Room by Fugazi. Honestly, this song, like literally, that's what I would open my fucking fashion show with. Some <laughs> Jer- <laughs> it feels like some Jeremy Scott shit right there. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I, I can see that. Listen, trash but recyclable, yeah. and I love that. <laughs> yes, I love yeah. trash with a point of view. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like even what I was talking about before about the high street, right? And I try to sup- I try to not support as much as possible. But in all fairness, like, I do have things from Zara that I still wear a lot. Like, my denim right now is from Zara, you know what I'm saying? Because it's the one I don't really give a fuck about, you know? Um, Because then this thing, especially in the main, uh, main, how do you call it? Um, Like, high fashion, not high fashion, sorry, high street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, More accessible fashion, let's say. They perpetuate, and that's how you see this like gender appropriation and sexuality appropriation that fashion dictates pretty much because what is in the Paris fashion shows and in the Milan shows and shit trickles down to high street a couple of years after. So then kind of like going to Zara and I hate the fact that, for example, in men's, um, in, in Amsterdam actually, like the sizes are so much smaller than Cyprus. Literally, you have like maybe seven smalls seven mediums and three larges and like, I don't know, two extra larges, let's say. That's at least from what I've seen around. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if it's the fact that they're more popular and people buy it more, but also people here like, well, they look better, you know, because they cycle everywhere and they've been cycling since two years old. Yeah. So evidently it's like a different type of build. Well, in Cyprus, let's say, it's literally the larger sizes that are more popular and there's a wider variety of it. Like, you know... But this, again, dictates this body power play and this body politic that branding also cements, you know? Um, I went through, I had gastroenteritis, like really severe gastroenteritis a couple of months ago, and I went down to 67 kilos, which I'm 185, so my normal weight would be 75 kilos. So being 70 usually, still a bit, let's say, underweight, but I, whatever, bitch looks great. But then going to 67, like, listen, I'm not going to lie, it felt great. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because I looked great. But also the fact that people think like this, kind of like, exactly. oh, yay, just one stomach flew away from my goal weight. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It you is. know. And that's where Instagram comes in, because I made this post anyway. Right? And got like a lot of likes because it was pretty much in a thong and looked good and people read what I wrote. But if I just posted like... What you wrote on another picture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's where the politic comes in. Mm. What's your take on this? How do you think... How does this interplay with gender and sexuality on your parts? Let's say, Hannah, you want to go first? Um, well, I mean... I think it comes, for, I, I also did some branding, like some Instagram mm-hmm. and marketing when I was working in fashion. And well, Instagram was really big then. We focused a lot still on, ca- on, um, on actual magazine campaigns and mm-hmm. stuff. But already from, f- from there, I mean, it comes, it's, it's fashion, f- fashion in that sense sucks. It's, mm. it, Instagram, of course, perpetuates this, but it comes all the way from buying we went to Paris, and of course we have we had a certain kind of um, um, a certain kind of customer, but it was still okay. Maybe we should buy these sizes that are considered plus, like an Italian forty-eight, which is like what uh, 
not even a large. Yeah, and yeah that's an M. That's an that's an M. Exactly, that's a medium, and got yeah. back. But no, but we can't find the audience for this. And if you're not what the fuck, bitch, you're not even trying to be inclusive of people who would wear an M. I wear M, and I'm small. Yeah. So uh, and Instagram, it's all all social media makes this worse. You know, the algorithm just. Uh, how do you say it? It just furthers this, really. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was seeing this dude back in the day here in Amsterdam, and we went to this party, and I was in a thong, basically. And literally, I was like seventy kilos, like no joke, right? And I went on a speaker, and I was just dancing, like you know. And then I came down, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I just did that. AKA, oh my god, I can't believe that I've just been in a thong on a speaker in front of all these people. You know, that's it. And it's like, oh baby, it's okay, body positivity, right? And I was like, excuse what? you? What the fuck is that supposed to exactly. mean, you shitty bitch? <laughs> you know what I what mean? What are you implying? Yeah, what are you implying? Like, fuck all the way off, you know? Anyway, but let's leave fuckboys outside of it <laughs> and go back to our talk about sexuality, gender, and this like body politic, let's say, power play. How do you think that interplays for you and your work or in your own opinion, Michael? So um, what I recognize with some shoots, we're still, you know, where people are thinking like, okay, when we are at a shoot and the model is having like this, she's really tiny. We are, uh, as a team, we're also still looking like, okay, how is she's wearing it? And sometimes it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. so sometimes it doesn't fit. Like the shoulders are really, t you know, like it's too, yeah, it's like bringing a, a message across that is, that is maybe not like healthy. Yeah. Um, so also on the shoot, we're also trying to find an angle which makes it more um, appropriate. Yeah, so... Yeah, during shooting, we are more aware of that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's really, if we're talking about body positivity, the thing is really that is really worrying me is young girls that are really like photoshopping their own bodies and then expressing that on Instagram. That is something that is that I find really scary, actually, because then you're having a mix of a reality and sub-reality, and younger girls will think that, that this is reality, which is quite toxic, I think. You're like yeah. wanting to translate the filters that you have online into what you're actually into what you actually want to express. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, Cursing that's a so lot. sad. And especially with the younger generation, with the generations that you see that a lot, you know, since they're more digital uh, and since they're digital natives, of course, you see that more and more that they're like uh, owning Photoshop and uh, uh, you also have now with um, Facetune, you can also use it now for videos so you can make it more, more real the surreal thing. Yeah. This mm. is very scary, I feel like. Yeah, and it's not healthy. No, not at all. And it's literally, you're just kind of like perpetuating again this stereotype of what people should look like. Yeah. And not how people actually look like. Oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like now I'm like at 73 kilos. And okay, I'm I'm a bit like unhappy with myself because for me it's the exercise part more so than like eating. Yeah. And I feel like, oh my God, I've gained so much weight. And I'm like, bitch, you're still two kilos under what you're supposed to be in the first place. Yeah. So you're fine. But to yeah. be quite honest, like, listen, I love fashion and I proudly say that I am a label whore. As much as I am a vintage whore. Same. Yeah, same. <laughs> yes, baby. Sorry. I can go from Berkheim queen to bargain queen in yeah. no time. Exactly. <laughs> like, <yes>. really. <laughs> and, but then, like, every time that I buy, like, this, like, super expensive shit, I remember how fat, in quotation marks, I am in comparison to the fashion standard. Yeah. I bought this Comte de Garçon uh, shirt a couple of days ago. It's, like, tiny. 
I can only wear it with the buttons open. <laughs> Literally, I can wear it, yeah. but it's definitely a standing function where yeah. I only consume liquids. She cannot okay. move. Yeah, I cannot move. <laughs> Listen, I look great, yeah. so I'm there for it. Yeah. But I like designers, for example, that play actually with silhouette a bit more. Yeah. Like Jill Sander, let's say. Yeah. You know, or um, like the. Margiela. Oh yes! Oh my God! I love fucking Margiela, but yeah. I can't afford that to be honest. <laughs> Who can? I was right. To say. Yeah, I love Margiela for the aesthetic attribute of it. Let's say, but I it's, it's not me. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. love to see it, but no, for me it's like constant references is literally Jill Sander, two thousand and like eight to nine. Yeah, when Ralph Simmons was there. Oh my God! Those oh, like fringe amazing. collections yes. with architectural amazing. like silhouettes. Oh, still like I'm like obsessing over them. Yeah, and then uh, Balenciaga when um, uh, who was it Balenciaga? Well, Gesquier. Gesquier, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before yeah. everything turned to shit. Yeah, basically, <laughs> exactly for this digitization. You know what I mean? Yeah. And oh my god, do you remember those like column dresses that he was making mm. with the waist inched in and kind of like the oh. hips outside yes. with a spiky heel in the front that's pointy? Oh, that was that was where I got my start, and like that's when I realized, okay, wow, going back in a bit like of an archival look, that was what I realized, okay, wow, silhouettes, it can be so much you know mm-hmm. you can do so much with clothes that you don't think of if you just walk in high street in a high street market and you see okay skinny jeans and oh this shirt here and that shirt there and that cute top there it's mm, it, you can do so much which is so fascinating yeah uh, even where silhouettes really hit me is like with prada to be honest mm-hmm. a lot because uh, she does this like ugly chic thing that's like prada is my favorite yeah. Hands down, my yeah. favorite designer, yes. like yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so that collection that she made um, with all velvets and really mm. hard fabrics. What was it? Was it felt? Yeah, or felt. So, or wool, like that type of shit. Boi- boiled wool or yes. felt or something like that. Yes, yeah. with the rain boots yeah. over the knee. Oh, oh my God. <gasps> <gasps> gagging, <laughs> gagging. I was like, yes, baby, this is fashion. Yeah. So I prefer like designers. I'm going to invest in a piece that are more like that, let's say. Yeah. A little bit more durational, a little bit less trendy, and a little bit more... I don't want to say bulky because it's not about being bulky. It's just about having a silhouette that can actually translate in a lot of looks. Yeah. You know, in a lot of situations. Dries does yeah. that well too. I, lo- I would I would I would buy Dries van Otten over almost anything, I think. Even I though he does like you. a lot of he does a lot of silk and it's a lot of like femininity, but there's also a a, a thing there that it's it, it also transcends seasons every time and I think that's so important. That was why I was a whore for Phoebe, for Phoebe, for Celine as well, yes. because it was that kind of like functional. It wasn't so much about it was it was about the silhouettes and it was about mm-hmm. the materials and a lot of durability. Actually, most of my Celine pieces, the ones, the few that I have, they've really stood the test of time and trend. Celine is forever. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Eddie Slimane is there now. Ugh. It just looks like Saint Laurent. Yeah, literally, exactly. It is. It right? Is. Yeah. 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 Why? So Celine and Dries Van Noten for you, 100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already knew. Do yeah. you have anyone else? Um. Well, Prada also. Prada forever. Uh, forever. 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 I wonder what's gonna happen now, though. Oof! I don't like the new collection, no. bro. No. It's a bit like. Listen, I like the kitten heels. Don't get me wrong. The kitten yeah. heels are cute. Yes. They're cute, yes. you know? <laughs> but then that, like, cheese top that has holes everywhere. No. It looks like cheese, no? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, uh, whatever. But I'm kind of like, why would you yeah. pay 900 euros for a sweater that has holes everywhere in it? Yeah. Beyond the trendiness. 
Exactly. But branding. Branding. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> literally It's branding. Literally branding. Literally yeah. branding. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Michael? What are your favorite designers? My favorite. Um, if you had to choose, like, or if you can't choose. I have, through, uh, I have three uh, designers and brands that are really uh, stick with me the couple of years. And mine is Gucci. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can I see Michele on you. Yeah, I really love that. I really love the mixing with the punk, but also the sophisticating and also a lot of um, theor- theoretical yeah. kind of vibe and the jackets and that, that all mix shows a lot of inclusivity to me, uh, but still appropriate. Mm-hmm. Props to Alessandro for making that work. I don't, I don't know anyone who could have pulled off all of those, all of those weird things and that mash yeah. it together, and it still looks, you know, like something I would wear. Yeah, yeah. And it's really him as well. Like if you look at him, like he is living in a castle in Italy. Like he <laughs> is, like yeah. I'd kid you to know. I love, I love that. Of yeah. course he does. Of yeah. course he does. Yeah, 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 it's insane. And he literally opens his uh, castle also for people to come there and uh, get educated. And it's so um, it's so from now, and it's very inclusive, which I really like, and it's really representing, and it's really showing in a runway. And I also have that with uh, Moschino, of course. Oh yes, thank you. Like these brands are fun. And I remember when Moschino came out with the McDonald's thingy, it was uh, yeah. it was literally cartoon couture. Mm-hmm. And I always loved cartoons, and I used to draw a lot. And the cartoons are my my culture literally yeah. <laughs> yeah and inspired me so much as a child and i'm still a child somewhere inside <laughs> that needs to come out and moschino brings that up uh, brings that up with yeah. me and i also have that with gcds it's an italian brand it's called it's um oh the god oh, can destroy oh, yeah, streetwear yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's called right, god, right. god can destroy streetwear i've seen their show in milan and it's it's amazing it's so fun and Um, yeah, they're so up first. They did also their, uh, I think, last fashion week in Milan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did this virtual runway and they created these avatars and it's 3D uh, virtual clothing. And it was shown on the runway during fashion week. But they also did uh, use it for editorials for Dazed and Confused. And they did a cover for Dazed. It's It's very progressive. It's literally called out like the new progressive way of sustainability since there's no production and mm-hmm. there's no distribution. So, uh, yeah, it's bringing new forms into fashion. I'm down for that, to be yeah. quite honest. Not it's surprising. Lie. It's it's, chill, it's still starting, So, but they're, they're making the start, which I can really appreciate. But listen, at the end of the day, let's call it fish a fish. Fashion is also... The, the most embodied form of art, but it's also the most superficial form of art. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. uh, was it Yves Saint Laurent that said like, it's a form of art that is so ugly that it needs to get renewed every six months. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, which is very that because essentially like, don't get me wrong, it's great for me that I cannot afford the retail prices to have pieces from like seven years ago trickled down to 80% in this washed mm-hmm. out uh, outlet for me to buy. Because I like to invest in pieces regardless of trendiness or um, seasons. You know what I'm saying? But um, on the other hand, it produces so much fucking waste. Exactly. You know? And having this like digitization in this way that makes sense. Yeah. Fuck yes. I mean, for example, I hate it when a brand is saying like, yeah, we're producing clothes. But we're sustainable. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh. the moment you're producing is you're the moment that you're not being pr- uh, <laughs> yes. sustainable. Like, uh-huh. that is not, that's the tea, Christine. That is the tea, Christine. That's the tea. And that's the thing, like, I mean, okay, listen. Stella McCartney, for example, was the first one that made it super big by being vegan and mm. all that shit. Which I get. 
I understand the ethics behind it, but the performativity of having a vegan bag cost a thousand five hundred euros is like, girl, what? Laughable. Like yeah. it's a little bit like, are you invoking ethics only in the sake of you patting yourself on the back yeah. for doing so, or are you doing it because you actually think about ethics in a way that is more sustaining, intersectional? Because if that would be the case, then it's not ethical to charge that much for a bag. No, that is not leather. It shouldn't be leather in the first place, if you ask me. Yeah. But kind of like if we go beyond the point, then where do you draw the line in between the devices that you use and the means that you're trying to perpetuate with those devices? Are you doing it exactly for a branding thing, mm-hmm. or are you doing it because you actually believe it? Because you see, for example, people like uh, Vivian Westwood, for example. Bitch has been around for a while, yes. and she keeps on doing activism like no one's fucking business. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. or like Rihanna, she made Fenty, and bitch set diversity. Exactly. And yes. she didn't even flinch. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like solely the fact that everyone can afford Fenty. Yeah. It's like also yes, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 And yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. If we're talking couture, whole different conversation, mm-hmm. right? I, I invested in some pieces that are really expensive too, but then, for example, the cassette bag by Bottega Venera, mm. right? Yeah. And Daniel Lee being like, first of all, having a fucking party in Berkeley. Ah uh, no, okay, don't go. During a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, house and then and just and oh, mm. not even publicly acknowledging it or apologizing for no. it. That was a no go. That was just not cute, girl. You're no. being a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also the rumors that, uh, well, unconfirmed, but that people said that this whole face mask business, that they just flat out refused. He said that don't even wear face masks close to me during the, the show. Seriously? Okay, yeah, yeah. Damn. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. No. And that's the performativity yeah. right there. You see, the cassette bag, first of all, is like 3,000 euros. And there's not even an inside lining. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, what the, the fuck? fuck? You just throw your shit in like leather, yeah. basically. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, like we're like so beyond social media. But actually the only reason he has this success is because of so- social yeah. media. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. the reason he didn't do social media is so he gets bigger on social media. Exactly. By having people create uh, accounts for him, like the new Bottega. Or you get what I'm saying? All yeah. this shit. Which don't get me wrong. Super cute. I love the Bottega accessories. Yeah. But I'm also uh, not buying them. No. Not buying what he's selling. And you not what I'm exactly. Saying? Not yeah. buying that. But yeah. Yeah. Not at all. On, really. But on eighty percent, I would buy a bag. Yeah. Same. Same. What do you Don't tell. <laughs> but like Moschino, for example, I love. And I actually buy something of Moschino pretty much every season because uh, I, I have so many Moschino shirts because yeah. they're actually good fucking quality. Yeah. You can buy them off a discount and they're just wearable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, cool. yeah, and also the fun part that they bring in, uh, in an industry that is associating with so serious and such yes. a yes. harsh industry. Like, you know, like it makes you laugh, you know, also mm-hmm. the, the sweaters and the puffer jackets they did with SpongeBob and his SpongeBob <gasps> face. Yeah. I wanted it that was so bad. so It was so funny. Like I laughed out loud during that show and mm-hmm. I was like, Wow, I feel so relaxed now, and this is an example. <laughs> this <laughs> is not usually what fashion go. invokes, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's about fun, and it's yeah, it's um, it's very interesting, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it was literally starting something new that a lot of brands are trying now as well. I don't know. To be quite honest, like there's specific designers that I love, and there's specific brands that I love. Mm. For example, I love Alessandro Dell'Acqua. He's one of my favorites. Period as a designer, whether it's in his own brand or whether he's at uh, Numero 21, 
He's yeah. up right now. Love him. Like everything he does, right? Then Jeremy Scott, uh, I don't know. I love him for Moschino and I love Moschino because he's there. But his own brand, mm. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It's I mm. mean, I love the winged sneakers that he did with uh, Adidas. Adidas. I, yeah. I hate them. Yeah, okay. I, I also, <laughs> okay, unfortunately. <laughs> no, hey, each to their own. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm in no yeah. position to judge anyone at this no, point. No, no, it's fine. Or <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like Vivian Westwood, for example, like was there not to love? Yeah. Oh my God, the shoes, yeah. the ones that Naomi Campbell fell. Oh, oh yes. Yes. <gasps> they oh. came out this year, and I really want to buy them, yeah. but I don't think they make a size forty-five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, psychological woman, not yeah, a biological just cut, woman. Just cut off your toe, and it's fine. Yeah, very <laughs> that, very very that. Oh, but that's so it's frustrating with especially with fucking sizes. That shout out to eighties, for example, for the fact that in all their shoes they have from what like thirty-five to forty-six or forty-seven heels, mm-hmm. flats, sneakers, everything. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're it's wearing really, them now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I already checked them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks amazing. Yeah, the cat, the camo. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. I don't know. I'm a Dr. Martens bitch, like hands down. You know, yeah. I love Dr. Martens like yeah. through and through. But this, but this like whole branding situation, right? It goes beyond labels themselves and their sellability. Mm. It infiltrates culture as well, primarily music. How many techno DJs like get successful just because they look cute? Yeah. Yes. Or well, because you know what yeah. I mean. They have exactly. a good Instagram following, yeah. our designers. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about that. How do you think this like affects the expression and the interplay between what is expressed, let's say, as branding, and then what is appreciated as in terms of music? Uh, Hannah, let's start with you, since you're a bit more attached to the question at hand, being a DJ and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially like, I mean, fashion and music have obviously or always been very, very intertwined. So of course it makes, you know, you can, you can make whole, um, you you can make a whole style. Now look, for example, okay. Yeah. Bergheim, Bergheim queen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very specific fashion attached to techno at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but yeah, also difference between being a male DJ and a female DJ. You oh, know, yes. the male DJs, they just, they go up there in, in, in their black shirts and their black, and their black pants and nothing else, you know, nothing is styled. Whereas there are so many amazing female DJs who, um, who also have to, you know, dress up the part. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is which is nice. Um, a, a lot of them do it. I th- I feel now more than ever. Like a lot of them actually have their own. You know, they have actually have their own agency. Um, nobody else really, um, uh, really. Um, what the fuck you say? They're. I don't want to say they're not bought, but. Well, There's, you can say that. Yeah, you okay. can say whatever you want on yeah. this podcast. We ain't got no filter. <laughs> oh, but uh, how how it? But yeah, okay. They're not bought, or there's not there's not there's not a label behind a lot of them that are mm-hmm. they're choosing actively what campaigns to put them in and stuff. But uh, of course, it 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 matters. You know, a lot of them are conventionally pretty, and then Marine Ser reaches out and gives them half of the collection, and they hello. B- yeah, yeah, and, uh-huh. and, and of course it it makes it makes following count shoot the fuck up, and yeah. yeah, it's it's just a part of it. Unfortunately, it's it's well, it's good and bad. Mm, I don't know. For me, fashion is like 
what I said before as the most embodied form of art is that like if someone asks us right now, make, give me a gothic look. There's we're three here in this room, and there will be three different looks. Yeah. So without even realizing, you put it on your body because it expresses you. It's like an unconscious choice. Yeah. And for me, it's like I respect people that take care of their appearance a little bit more than the people that don't. Mm. Not that I don't respect the others, but if it if I see a th- a, a followed through thought process, I'm like, okay, I see you, bitch. I see what you're about, more or less. Uh, because to me, like I appreciate aesthetics a little bit more than an average person, I would say. So on that note, um, that's one thing. But then actually intermingling these two levels of expression is a whole other thing. Yeah. The fact that you look good, for me, should be a plus, And that's the only plus that I will allow. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, on what you do. Yeah. Like yeah, I want yeah. to hear your music and be interested in it, and then you look also good, yeah. so work. Yeah. That's like the cherry on top. Yeah, exactly. you know, instead of just excusing the fact that you just a basic bitch, basically that just likes four by four, and then just happened to buy a Tolfer bag. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Let's say I feel seen. <laughs> 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 but yeah, what about yeah. you, Michael? What's your take on this? Because we've shared our good share of clubbing nights mm-hmm. and um, yeah. pre-party photo shoots, more or less. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we know a thing or two about basic bitches. Yeah, yeah. So what's the take, Christine, yet once again? Um, yeah, because you were bringing up the music and the fashion that comes with it, especially within the techno scene. But for me, that is an inspirational person. And I met her in real life as well in Milan once. And that is Sita Abalon. She is a techno DJ as well, mm-hmm. but she really has her own flow and she really has her own translation to fashion, which is also translating in her music. And that is for me literally the future. Yeah, it's really limitless as well. So uh, yeah, that's something, I, someone I really look up to and she's very free and she's very, yeah, I would say inclusive and she's inviting it with her music and her fashion. So she's a big example for how it should be actually. Yeah, she gives zero fucks. Yeah. Yeah. She's got great style. Yes. Speaking of, let's have this as, the, as our last, let's say, question to dwell in. Do you have any favorite like icons or fashionistas or I don't know? Who, whose style are you inspired by? Essentially is what I'm asking. Yeah, and I, I already said it, Sita. Okay. Sita, yeah, I met her when she was still like more punky and she had that brown, brown Cleopatra hair mm-hmm. and she just moved from Spain to Italy and now she just like grown the fuck up. Like she is an inspiration for everyone. She literally shot a commercial uh, for um, a campaign for Kim Kardashian as well. Mm, yeah. She does the big artists. Mm. She's friends with Badko Riri, mm. but she is still so quirky, but fashion her own, and mm-hmm. everyone is loving it. Everyone's eating it. <laughs> so she is, yeah, she's a big inspiration for me. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Say. What about you, Hannah? Um, controversial answer, maybe, but uh, I. I don't really have any like fashion. I don't really follow like specific people in terms of like fashion stuff. I follow, of course, I follow a lot of people, but in terms of clothing and stuff, I really just, I I look more at the clothes themselves. Mm -hmm. I really want to have like, I really want to have my own, completely my own agency and how I express Mm -hmm. myself. I Mm -hmm. really try to work on that. So, um, but there are... There's so many amazing artists and 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 people who dress amazingly, but uh, yeah, no. In terms of inspir- of like how I dress and how I approach fashion, it's really mm-hmm. I try to just go from from uh, the people around me, yeah, well, and uh, but otherwise just myself. 
work queen, okay, <laughs> you go. Um, I don't know. For me, to be quite honest, like, I know this is going to sound like so fucking basic, but genuinely though, like, I just love Daphne Guinness. Mm. Yes. To yes. me, she can just do no wrong ever. Yes. I aspire to be her, like, hands down. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, the other people that I really look up to is, like, Anna Piaggi. She was, she's in Vogue Italia a lot. Um, but for her, for me, she's more like aesthetics mm. than things that I would actually wear. Even though her and the ladies from Advanced Style, like I wish and I aspire to be like them when I'm older, even though I know that I'm not that <laughs> fabulous. Um, but my eternal references is like literally um, Daphne Guinness, Kurt Cobain, Karin Reitfeld, and Sidan Nancy. Basically, <laughs> literally, which actually, if you, put, if you put all of this together, like it actually makes you get, sense. Yeah, you get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because <laughs> it's like black, slutty, slick, but also like trash and punk, yeah. pretty much. But I think that's as far as time goes for us. This lovely day. I want to thank you again so much for coming uh, on my podcast. And would you like to share maybe... Any last wishes, thoughts, goals of the future alongside your social media handles that people could follow you potentially or any upcoming projects that you want to share or, yeah, wherever people can reach you, basically? Um, yeah, so my handle is, or well, yeah, I mostly use Instagram. It's at Hannah Fredsberg. Um, I am an aspiring DJ like so many others from this, uh, during this lockdown period. So I guess there will be music to see. Um, if you're in Amsterdam, just hit me up at, uh, uh, hopefully, a party that we can all attend soon. <laughs> um, but no, otherwise, just um, that we have a banging 2021, all Fuck of yes. us. Happy, wholesome, and hydrated. Yes, exactly. That's the vibe, that's the vibe. Yes, yes exactly. What about you, baby? Um, for me, you can find me on Instagram as well. That's basically one of the only platforms I really use. And LinkedIn, actually, for my work. Mm -hmm. um, but on Instagram, you can find me on my first name, Michael, and my last name, Geertse. Um, and what I'm actually showing is my, yeah, what we talked about before is a vision. It's like, um, you know, it's not only turning a look, but it has also these different layers within it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. It's more about the femme, but also being masculine and still being a man or being even being more, feeling more men by em embracing your femme. Mm. That is really my message that I'm bringing uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Don't be scared to embrace the femme, you're, you're, whether you're a he, she or them. It takes Indeed. some real ball. Yeah, it takes some real balls for a real man to be femme. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes queen. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, that was it from us this lovely rainy afternoon in Amsterdam. So you can follow Quintessentially Queer at the set name on Facebook and WordPress. Please follow Slim Radio on every single platform there is. And you can follow me personally uh, at gravity underscore grave on Instagram. And again, thank you so much, my loves. Thank, thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you. And I will leave you with the song that would most probably open my fucking fashion show, which is Make It Up by Tirza.
down, you don't look up You only ever love me when I didn't talk back I'm talking now, so don't talk back I know I maybe try to wait a little too long Don't worry now, cause I never do that You never really love me cause I held you back I let you go, I put you down I wanna hear you say that you let me down I'll make it up, I'll make it up to you I wanna hear you say you let me down I'll make it up, I'll make it up to you I'll make it up to you